This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Hope for Zambia, empowered by Family Legacy. Hope for Zambia, empowered by Family Legacy, is a ministry providing holistic care for over 14,000 vulnerable and orphaned children, spiritually, intellectually, physically, and emotionally. Whether distributing 5 million meals each year to children and young adults, or by empowering students to graduate from high school and go on to pursue trade school or a university education, Hope for Zambia believes that when you educate a child, you transform their world. Go to Hope for Zambia.com slash faith to give and change lives. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. I am Rob West. Psalm 82 calls on us to care for orphans, the fatherless. Today, a highly effective ministry in Zambia is doing just that, glorifying God by empowering vulnerable and orphaned children. We'll talk to Shikandi Piri about it. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, our special guest today joins us all the way from Lusaka, Zambia. Chikandi Piri is country director of Family Legacy Missions Zambia, empowered by Family Legacy Missions International, a ministry that is literally changing the lives of thousands of kids in Zambia today. Chikandi, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Rob. It's my pleasure. (laughs) I'm delighted. It sounds like you're just next door, and yet you're halfway across the world. How how (laughs) great is this technology? Well, I don't think, Chikandi, that most Americans understand how desperate many of Zambia's children are for basic things like food, shelter, and education. In a country with about six and a half million children, more than a million are orphaned due to AIDS and other factors. Now, of course, your ministry is having a huge impact, and you've got some great stories to share. But first, Uh, Tell us briefly why Family Legacy is so effective. Well, ultimately, our effectiveness and impact is because of the power of Christ at work. But we also implement a unique blend of holistic care. We equip children with literacy and numerous skills necessary for life. We also help students come to know Jesus Christ and live out the gospel through a well-structured curriculum, discipleship, and Bible studies. Students also have opportunity to eat one hot and nutritious meal every day at school. And for some students, this is the only meaningful meal they have in a day. We also provide medical care and have a well-worked-out emotional care program underpinned by a biblical ethos. Mm, It's powerful. I've had a chance to witness it firsthand, and God is certainly at work. Now, I know, Chikandi, that you love telling people stories of hope, and (laughs) your first one is about a student, now a young man named Kennedy. Tell us about him. Yeah, Rob, you know, for most of the children, you know, graduating from high school is a far-fetched dream when they first enter our sponsorship program. I mean, Kennedy is a classic example. He's one among the 525 students that I shook hands with during high school graduation for Family Legacy students of 2022 class last year, that is. You know, Kennedy lost his father when he was in the fourth grade. His mother has never done formal education. And humanly speaking, Rob, there was no hope for him and the rest of the family. 
Kennedy was recruited in the program through what we call Camp Life. That was, I think, 10 years ago. He struggled a lot because of a cardiovascular condition, which meant he had to spend several days in hospital, missing out on class. Our family legacy health team cared for him and ensured he took medication and was on the mend again. Now, Kennedy is one of those children who are academically inclined. You know, most of the kids that I come across in our program are more inclined to take the trades route or the pathway than anything else. Now, prior to his graduation last year, Kennedy was honored with seven awards by a government school he was attending. He received awards for top performance in four subjects, he was an overall top performer, was an exemplary leader, and most disciplined pupil in the school. Now, Kennedy is now doing one-year trade skills course to prepare him for college or university next year. He told me a few hours ago that he looks forward to studying accounts for his first degree. Now, I need to mention this, that not all students end up like Kennedy, but our prayer is that every child who goes through our program is guided and empowered to live out their God-given potential, whatever that is. Some will end up being doctors or professors in universities. Others will be plumbers, electricians, politicians, or better still, podcasters like someone I have come to know. <laughs> Chikandi, what a powerful story. Now, I know caregivers are critical to all of this, aren't they? They are. And in fact, in partnership with Hope International, Family Legacy is empowering caregivers of students in our program. Uh, this empowerment is meant for them to have skin in the game. Sometimes the caretakers feel they have nothing to offer, but we believe that everyone who is made in the image of God has dignity and can contribute to supporting their families financially. Wow, that's incredible. Shikandi, we're going to have to have you back real soon. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure knowing you. Folks, if you want to get more information, go to hopeforzambia.com slash faith. That's hopeforzambia.com slash faith. We'll be right back. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Have you downloaded the FaithFi app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature. But also, plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years, and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer, and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls and questions today. We've got some lines open. We'd love to hear from you. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. You can call right now. Let's head to St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hi, Tom. You'll be next on the program, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I have a question for you about uh, a TSP. Okay. My question is, I separated from the company because I'm no longer working for them. Um, I'm, and I get my disability. I was, I read on the internet that once you hit 55, 
you won't be penalized for withdrawing that because you're separated from the company and no longer working. Is that true? Uh, you have to leave service in the year you turn 55 or later to be able to use the rule of 55 to take that TSP withdrawal without penalty. Is that true for you? Um, yeah, I'm going to be 55 in September. Okay. And when did you separate from service? Like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So the IRS rule says you have to leave service in the year you turn age 55 or later. You left service prior to the year in which you turned age 55. So this rule would not apply in your situation. Okay. What if I started a job at the VA and then turned around and left again? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know about that. Um, you could check with your CPA on that. Um, but I'm just, I just know the current rule is you have to separate from service in the year you turn 55. And I'm not sure, um, you know, whether there's any other way around that. But currently, based on the way the rule reads, you wouldn't qualify. And therefore, you'd have to wait to 59 and a half to pull it out without the 10% penalty. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you All for right, calling, Tom. God bless you, my friend. We appreciate it. 800-525-7000. We've got some lines open today here on Faith and Finance. Whatever you're thinking about today, we'd love to tackle it with you. Again, 800-525-7000. You can call right now. Uh, to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hi, Roger. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Rob. I'm yes, a sir. boy. All right. We always love hearing from faithful Larry Burkett listeners back in the day. I have never called in all the years I've been listening, but I've taken <laughs> a lot of your advice and it's all worked out great for me. Well, I'm delighted to hear that. What what did you what do you remember about Larry's teaching back in the day? Honesty. You could bank yeah. on what he told you. That's so true, isn't it? Yep, that's exactly right. Well, yeah. Larry's homegoing, uh, we celebrated 20 years yesterday, if you'll believe it. Uh, it's wow. been, uh, feels like just yesterday, and the way folks still reference Larry, the impact of Larry on their lives, it feels like it was yesterday, and yet it's been uh, 20 years. Hard to believe. Uh, Roger, how can that, I help you yeah, today, sir? I have my girlfriend, and uh, she wants to invest four to $500,000 into cryptocurrency. Oh, wow. And I told her I was going to check with you guys before she does anything. <laughs> well, I suspect you know what I'm going to say, but let me ask you a question first. Um, what uh, would this half a million dollars represent of the total investable assets? I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, um, I would stay away from crypto as an investment. Uh, the technology behind crypto, in, in my view, is here to stay. I mean, it's a it's a form of digital uh, assets based on a network that's distributed across a large number of computers. It's It has a decentralized structure, which means it exists outside of the control of governments and central authorities. Um, it some of the advantages include that it's cheaper and faster. And, and of course, the decentralized system ensures that there's not a collapse at a single point of failure. Um, 
and the technology behind it, the blockchain technology has far-reaching implications beyond even digital currency. So uh, crypto is is not going anywhere, but as an investment, I would put it in a, a highly speculative category. Uh, here's why. Number one, um, it has incredible volatility. I mean, so it's not uncommon to see 50% increases or declines uh, in a one year you know period or more so you've just got incredible volatility uh, second there's a lot of risk in it because a lot of the cryptos you know are going to ultimately end up worthless and this shouldn't be a shock we saw tons of internet companies disappear 20 years ago as the internet was going mainstream and the same winnowing process is likely uh, to occur in the crypto space over the next several years we've already seen it happen with a few of them that collapse now she could say well i'm just going to stay in bitcoin and i would say that is the biggest and you know at least today the one that we you know don't think is going anywhere but if you're investing across the crypto space there's certainly are going to be a lot more you know losers to come and then the third and perhaps one of the biggest risks in my opinion is how governments are going to react as bitcoin or any of these other cryptos threaten their stranglehold over money you know governments get a lot of benefits from controlling their currencies and giving people a way to opt out of the official money via something like bitcoin is well, it's ruffling a lot of feathers, not to mention that any big bank or other entrenched financial interest isn't going to be keen on having a new, better alternative that uh, takes their business away. So uh, we're probably going to see a lot more in the way of regulation in the days ahead. That's, of course, going to have an effect on how these cryptos perform. Um, so if you were to go to, into any speculative type investment like crypto or something else, and there's plenty of them, I would say, first, you have to have the ability to lose it all. Uh, number two, you'd probably want to never, you know, commit more than 10% of your investable assets if you could afford, you know, to lose it. But bottom line is I'd stay away from it as an investment for the reasons I mentioned. Okay. That sounds great. She lives in Los Angeles. Is there money, uh, a kingdom advisor there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, not quite as many on the West Coast, but there are certainly some there. She may just have to widen her search a bit. But in L.A., absolutely, the plenty of certified kingdom advisors. So just head to our website, uh, Roger, or have her head there, faithfi.com, and just click find a CKA. Faithfi.com. That's it, faithfi.com, and you'll see the button at the top of the page. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for your help. And... <laughs> Keep Larry in your mind all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for calling, sir. We appreciate it. May the Lord bless you. Uh, well, folks, we're going to continue to take your calls just around the corner at 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you today. You know, as we think about, um, you know, how we manage God's money, let me remind you, you know, if you don't have a spending plan, if you're not giving every dollar a name, it's going to be tough, especially in light of inflation, for you to uh, stay on track, really allowing your money to be used in a way that reflects what's truly most important to you, your values and priorities as a believer. The only way to do that is to have a plan. And one of the best ways to have a plan for your money is to use uh, a budgeting system. The FaithFi app could be just what you're looking for. It's simple, easy to use with a beautiful interface, and it's built on Larry Burkett's tried and true envelope system. Uh, you can check it out today on 
out our website, faithfi.com. Just click the app button. You'll also find it in your app store. Just search for faithfi. That's faith, F-I. We'd love for you to check it out. Let us know what you think. Hey, we've got phone lines open. Room for your questions at 800-525-7000. Call right now. We'll be right back. Hope for Zambia, empowered by Family Legacy, is a ministry providing hope to vulnerable and orphaned children in Zambia by investing into their spiritual, intellectual, physical, and emotional growth and well-being. Whether distributing 5 million meals each year to students or empowering them to graduate from high school and go on to pursue post-secondary education, we believe that when you educate a child, you change their world. Go to hopeforzambia.com faith to transform a life. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm your host, Rob West. The number to call is 800-525-7000. To Northwest Georgia. Hi, Caroline. Go right ahead. Hi there. Thanks so much. Sure. We are looking at uh, our daughter is 20 and boyfriend, same age. Neither have debt. They're looking to get married maybe in the next year. Uh, What are some tips to encourage them? Again, no debt, no school debt. Um, should they be at a certain place financially before? What does that kind of financial readiness look like for very young aged young people getting ready yeah. to get married? Sure. Well, the first thing is I would say, you know, don't start joining your finances until you're married, you know, to become one in marriage, but not before. So even though they're on this track uh, and perhaps expect this is what God has in mind for them, I wouldn't take that step of, you know, buying cars together and merging accounts and things like that uh, until such time as, you know, they are in fact married. But this is a great time to do two things. Number one is to get their own financial houses in order, and we can talk about that. And then second, to start talking about money. You know, uh, there's a reason that 70% of couples have conflict over money, and it's often because of, first of all, a lack of communication where they're not on the same page, they're not communicating and talking about it. A lot of that happens prior to marriage. And then secondly, one of the keys to overcoming conflict is to have margin. So it's really not a matter of your income as much as it is the fact that you're living below it, the studies say, will really be one of the keys to helping you overcome that. Now, what about financial risk? Well, as 20-year-olds, I think the key is, you know, you want to minimize debt. They've done that. That's great. You want to have three to six months uh, living expenses in an emergency fund. You know, that can be one of the things they're working on. I would say once the emergency fund is there, then they need to be looking to take at least advantage of any matching they have through their employer's um, retirement plan uh, and, and, you know, fully subscribe that. Beyond that, I would say put away 10 to 15% of their income if they have that ability. 
And then, you know, perhaps beyond the retirement piece is starting to fund any short-term goals. So if their expenses are lower right now, maybe one of them is still living at home. Um, Or if not, just continue to keep lifestyle at a minimum so they can start socking money away, uh, you know, for that first apartment, first, last in security, or ultimately the down payment on a house. Um, I think beyond that, the, the conversations that need to be happening are around, you know, what was money like growing up? Often our earliest memories of money have a key, um, you know, ability to shape our thinking about money today. And so maybe one grew up with, you know, excess or an abundance. One grew up where money was a little more tight. That can, you know, lead to how we think about money, whether we hold it with a clenched fist or an open palm. Um, what is their thought about giving? And, um, you know, what is that going to look like? Does one have more of a tendency toward a, a, a saver and one more toward a spender? Um, you know, also just around, uh, you know, the uh, you know desire to save and, and have a plan, a spending plan. So, you know, all of these things can be discussed early. And I think a lot of that conversation that will uncover some of, you know, how they think about money is going to be really key to how they, you know, make a plan moving forward once they're married. So give me your thoughts. Great. That's great. I think it's good. They, they both have, um, seem to be savvy and have had that upbring of financial responsibility and, and have been taught well and that they are looking already to doing a lot of that. They each have their own savings and, you know, are looking into already that tithing mentality for sure in that practice already as well. So I think it's great. I just um, will will jot those things down and pass them along. I appreciate it so much. Well, you're welcome. Listen, all the best to them. And I would say, you know, if if they do nothing else but just intermarriage as as healthy and with as solid a foundation as they can individually – giving, saving, minimizing debt, and having a spending plan. And then they do a lot of com, you know, conversation and, and discussion before marriage about the things that I mentioned. Then they will be well ahead of most uh, as they enter this uh, next season. So thanks for calling today, Caroline. May God bless you. Uh, to Ohio. Hey, Marty, go right ahead. Hey, how are you today? Doing well. Hey, I have a question on my wife and I both have whole life policies, life insurance policies. Uh, We also have term insurance policies through our individual employers. And we have a kitchen remodel we need to do due to some water damage. So I was just wondering if instead of borrowing money, uh, would it be better just to cash in those whole life policies? Uh, Possibly. I mean, I'm not a big fan of whole life. If you listen to this program, you know that. Um, I like to keep insurance and savings and investments separate. Uh, I just think you do better that way. I'd rather you buy pure insurance, which is what you have through the term policies, where you're just paying the mortality expense to offset that risk if one of you were to uh, die before the other and and leave a a hardship for the one that is facing now a loss of income, and then do your investing outside of an insurance policy, you know, in company-sponsored retirement plans or Roth IRAs with stocks and bonds where you get the full upside, not some percentage of the upside and you don't have the complexity and the fees that go along with it. Now, before I'd be canceling that policy, though, I would want to make sure that you do have, in fact, enough 
death benefit through those term policies. So as a starting point, you would typically say if you're trying to replace income, you need 10 to 12 times the income that would go away upon one, uh, you know, person's death. Uh, in the form of a term life insurance policy. And then you could add on top of that, if you wanted to pay off debt, that would be on in addition. If you wanted to pay off a mortgage, that would be in addition. If you wanted to fund a college education, that would be in addition. Uh, but at a minimum, you need 10 to 12 times. So I want you to have enough death benefit before you go cancel on that policy. But if you do have enough death benefit on the term policies, I like that a lot as long as you don't know about a pre-existing condition that's going to, you know, prevent you from getting a new policy at some point down the road so that you've got a policy in place until uh, you retire. And then absolutely, you could cancel that policy, take the cash value, uh, perhaps use that for this renovation, and then, you know, just make sure you're saving uh, at an appropriate level, you know, outside of now this insurance policy in, in company-sponsored retirement plans, things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're doing all that. We're both 60 years old. We don't have any bills uh, other than the car payments. Our, our mortgage is off, paid off. We don't have any credit card bills other than our just our uh, monthly bills. Great. So we're, we've got a 401k. She's got a Roth. Um, so we're we're doing pretty good that way. Just okay. Yeah. It's, so I right. I think you've got that term policy. If that's going to cover you until you guys get to retirement, sounds like you're living modestly. You don't have a lot in the way of debt. That's great. Um, then yeah, this could be a great source of funds for you to tap into that. Um, you know, make sure you understand the tax implications if there are any. But other than that, I think you guys are in a great spot. Thanks for calling me. God bless you. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to let you know that you don't ever have to miss a program. Just download our FaithFi app for your mobile device and take us with you anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. 